How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. What did you do? Disgusting. What? There's no dark-ass little secret. Receipts. Hello everyone and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. The Real Houses of Salt Lake City Season 4 finale is upon us and boy did it deliver you guys. I'm buzzing and not just from the Diet Coke and I encourage you all to get yourself a DC right now and get in the bathtub to honor Meredith Marks because we're going to talk about this finale a lot So much to discuss. Obviously, the moniker of it all. I think the big question is, first of all, Happy New Year, too, by the way. Happy New Year. Hope you had a good holiday, whatever the fuck. But we got to talk about Salt Lake City Housewives. Now, I think the big question on all of our minds since this finale aired, and by the way, I watched it twice, two times, two times for you, for the people. Anyway, I think the big question is whether or not Monica can come back from this. It was basically an on-screen firing, which is something that Bravo fans have precedent with. Obviously, married to medicine, even this season, they publicly fired Quad on the show. The cast sat her down uh, in the episode that aired right before the holiday break and said, Quad, we're done with you. Now, it does seem like Quad comes back at the end of the season on Married to Medicine. But what I'm trying to say is there is a precedent for this. Obviously, we've heard Andy Cohen on his show, or we've watched these shows long enough to know that when one of the cast members is on an island by themselves, no matter what kind of content they bring to the TV show, it is hard to bring them back. And I think sometimes viewers, we can watch shows like this and be like, oh my God, Monica helped get us this amazing season of television. But the truth is, I believe that if she were to come back next season, just my opinion, I don't think that it would work. I think we would want it to work, but ultimately it wouldn't work because she would be on an island alone. Nobody wants to film with her. However, here's where I think the path forward is for Monica. I think there's a long game here that is not being discussed enough. Next season, we're going into season five. Now, if we're talking really long game, I think there is some world where Jen Shaw gets out of the clink. And she comes back to the show on some level. I'm not saying that that's what they should do, but it seems like that could be something that could happen down the road years and years and years from now, right? Four or five years. She comes back on the show looking for amends, and then we see her sit down with Monica. There could be something there. However, I think the actual path forward will be next season, season five. 
They do not have Monica as a main cast member. I think it's possible maybe she'll film a scene with like Mary or someone obscure or a new housewife that has some sort of connection to Monica. I think that could also happen. They'll bring in someone who has a very loose connection. I don't think it'll be the Heather's hairdresser, but someone who has a very loose connection, then maybe films a scene with Monica or Mary. We do know that Mary and Monica are getting along, so there could be some route there. But I really think what's going to happen is one of those core four, those core four women, the OGs who were on that beach in that big little lie scene where Heather gathered them all on the beach before they go to dinner, take down Monica, which is so funny to me that they filmed that on the beach, the windy ass beach. They just brought all the gals there instead of filming in one of their hotel rooms that they've been filming on this whole trip. They were like, (laughs) they were like, we need the drama and we need the wind. Get them all on the beach. So they sent all the gals to the beach. Production said, we're filming this on the beach. It's going to look like big little lies finale. Uh, And so they filmed that on the beach. But I think that uh, those core four, what's going to happen is next season or maybe season six, This again, a long game, season five or season six, those four women are going to turn on each other. One of them is going to turn on some of the other ones, and they're going to need some juice. And guess what they're going to call? Guess who they're going to call? They're going to call Monica Garcia from The Real House of Salt Lake City, who's going to be no longer on the show. They're going to call her and say, Monica, we need some reality vantees. Teas. We need some tea. We need some tea from you. And we know that you got it. So they're going to be looking for receipts and they're going to call upon Monica. So my prediction is that next season or season six, there's going to be a divide amongst the core four. And then one of them, Whitney, Lisa, Meredith, or Heather is going to call up Monica. And we're going to have at the end of one of the episodes, all of a sudden they're going to be meeting Monica for lunch and sitting down. And Monica's going to say, I'm glad you called. Maybe Angie. I could see it happening with Angie. I feel like Angie, she wasn't in the mix with those core four on the beach. So maybe next season, Angie's the one who calls up Monica and is like, look, I know we've had our differences, but we're going to sit down for lunch. And I know that you have some information that I need. And then Monica's going to be like, well, I'm glad you called. And then she's going to give that information about one of the other gals. And that's going to be her way back onto the show. That's my prediction. Heard it here first. Heard it here first. But this Bermuda trip, you guys, they got four episodes, including a finale, and I know I've talked about this ad nauseum on the show, but some of the other cast trips when um, the other franchises they take where they get two episodes out of a cast trip, uh uh-uh, uh-uh. Bravo the Network needs to be showing all the other gals and all the other franchises the two cast trips that the Salt Lake City women took this uh, this season because they went to the Drag Queen Motel, and then they went to Bermuda, and they've gotten so much content out of those two little trips And so the other women need to step it up, is what I'm trying to say. Um, Anyway, you guys, let's go back, back to the beginning. We're not going to be talking about The Real House of Beverly Hills this week, unfortunately. I did plan on coming back, but then the Salt Lake City finale happened, and it was so explosive, I had to watch it twice. And I felt like we just needed to really talk about that. And so I haven't seen the Beverly Hills episode yet, so I apologize that as of this recording, it hasn't aired yet. So we'll get to it when we get to it. But when something like this happens, you got to take to a microphone and light your Sonia Tremont Morgan abundance candle and pour yourself a Diet Coke and get to the microphone because that's that's what's happening. So let's go, girls. Let's go, girl. I know. I always try to play that Shania Twain clip like very sparingly in my head. I'm like, you can't, you can't overuse that. You can't overuse Shania Twain mixed with Asher from the Real Houses of Beverly Hills on the sound clip and play it every week on the show. But then when they deliver episodes like this, you got to play it. There's no other answer than. Let's go, girl. I'm already out of breath, you guys. I'm out of breath. It's uh, the holidays. I I needed that holiday season. I needed the breather. I needed the break because I was getting exhausted by myself. I was getting exhausted by 
from talking and I needed a little breather. And then an episode like this happens and I'm like, I can't wait any longer. I need to get on the microphone immediately. Uh, anyway, let's talk about Bermuda. Bermuda night four. Night four. Heather is on the beach. It opened. We're jumping around in time and space this episode. We're opening on the beach with Heather and then we go back a few hours. Then we go forward a few hours. Like we're watching fucking Memento or what's Inception or something. Like I don't know what the fuck time it is. Every scene I'm like, what time are we at? Like somebody, somebody put a time stamp. I need to know what time we're at. Uh, because we're jumping around. And then it said, so we, yeah, we were on the beach. And then Heather was saying, something I need to tell you guys, it's big and it's not good. And then they cut to eight hours earlier. Where we see all the gals waking up. Now let's just take ourselves backwards to the night before. The night before was that dinner where Whitney was shouting at Heather Gay for exploiting her vagina in the Bad Mormon book about the leaving the religion. And so that's where we ended. And we wake up the next morning where Meredith's in the Silk PJs, uh, Monica wakes up next to Whitney. You guys, Monica wakes up next to Whitney. Now, the second time that I watched this episode, I was really going through it with a, what is that? A fine tooth comb? Is that a saying? I was really trying to put my Heather Gay detective cap on, be more like her. And I was trying to figure out, okay, well, Monica and Whitney are waking up in the same bed together. So what does that mean uh, in terms of the larger narrative? And I didn't really actually come to any conclusion on this, but I do think there was something fishy about that. Now we know that Monica, or we know that Heather and Whitney, bad weather, they did make up. However, the night before they did have that big fight about the bad Mormon and putting the photo shoot in the bad Mormon book about, I don't know, Whitney looking like Jack from Titanic or something and then getting her hoo ha photograph for the husband. I'm not sure. That was a little unclear. And I don't quite understand, like, what... I thought Heather Gay was Beauty Lab and... Again, I watched this twice, but I thought Heather Gay owned Beauty Lab and Laser and was giving people Botox. Since when is she doing the boudoir photo shoots? What was that lifestyle happening before the show? Was... (laughs) Like, when did she become a boudoir photographer? And I do think there is something to be said uh, about a little bit of privacy. A little bit of privacy. And it's not just coming up with Monica, but also with this boudoir photo shoot. There, uh, suddenly, when I was watching it this week, I was sort of understanding Whitney a little bit. I was kind of thinking, well, well, why did Heather write about that? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not always siding with Whitney. But all of a sudden this week, after watching the episode for a second time, I was like, maybe Whitney had some points here. Uh, because what is why she was hired. Like, if Whitney did, in fact, pay Heather, then that's where I think it's tricky. Because it was like she was hired And then, I don't know. I don't know if I'm making any sense. I'm not sure if I'm going to make much sense today because I'm buzzing from that motherfucking Diet Coke that I had and this episode. Um, Oh, anyway, back to the Whitney and Monica waking up next to each other thing. So what I think is interesting about this is we do know by the end of the episode that Heather had these doubts. I believe that Heather would have told Whitney about these things because even though she didn't fully have the proof from the hairdresser who gave uh, Heather the proof, I think she kind of had enough proof or she would have been talking to this uh, uh, with Whitney about this. So even in that scene where she pulled them all on the beach, I was like, I feel like they must have, there must have been texts about this, right? Like, I don't believe that this was the first bit of information that these women were hearing about Monica. I feel like Heather must have been texting them and saying, hey, I'm having some suspicions or I don't, right? Wouldn't you have at least texted someone? Anyway, so then I was thinking, well, Whitney woke up next to Monica and she must have had some knowledge Monica was being a little skeezy and like, as reality von tees, 
She might not have known, Whitney might not have known in that moment that she was Reality Von Teese, the Instagram blogger person. Uh, but she must have had some sort of idea. Anyway, um, Whitney does put on the sunglasses. They're all waking up. We see Angie K getting some granola and yogurt and talking to the chef. I do love me some Angie K. I do love her, though. All of a sudden, at the end of the season, I'm obsessed with her. And I always felt bad for her that she wasn't on the beach with the core four. Uh, anyway, um, then we see Heather and Whitney talking. They make up after the night before. Uh, Whitney comes into Heather's room and says, can we talk? And then doesn't say anything. <laughs> but Whitney agrees that Heather took out what she wanted, which is, uh, I don't know, maybe I'm back on Heather's side. Because again, Heather took out from the book what Whitney wanted her to take out of the book. So Whitney knew ahead of time what was going in that motherfucking book. Um, but it is, again, weird that it, it is weird. And I do think there's something to be said about like saving stories, certain things for like your friends and family. I was just talking to a friend about recipes about this because nowadays everybody wants to go post every single recipe they got online. And I was thinking about my grandmother. There are certain recipes that are very like family specific where we know them, but like my grandmother would be rolling over in her grave if I was just giving these out willy nilly. Just certain specific ones, not all the family recipes, but there are certain things that I believe older generations, they took to the grave with them. And now everybody's just given everything away. And so even when it comes to stories about uh, working with other people, I mean, on The Real House of Salt Lake City, we're talking about Whitney hiring Heather. And I, I think there is something to be said about saving the story about Whitney doing the boudoir photo shoot uh, for Heather's friends instead of a book. Now, I say that as someone who has thrown multiple people in my life under a bus for my own books, which you can get which you can get now. Okay, then we have all the gals going on a scooter. And I was a little infuriated because it was like, I wanted to get to the end, to the juice. I wanted to get to that uh, reveal, the Scooby-Doo reveal where they take off Monica's mask. And then I was forced to watch these scooter rides. And it was like when I went to the theater to see Fast and the Furious for the Helen Mirren cameo. or She played Dom's grandma or aunt or something. I don't remember the specifics, but I remember it was like rumored that Helen Mirren's going to be cameoing in Fast and the Furious movies. And I was getting my ticket. I was calling up my straight friends and saying, hey, who wants to go to Fast and the Furious? Got to go see the Helen, new Helen Mirren movie. And then you're waiting throughout the whole movie. You got to see all these, all these stunts, all these actions. Or when I was younger, I saw Batman Returns. And I'm like waiting for the Michelle Pfeiffer scenes. I'm like, let's get Michael Keaton out of here. I'm interested in her in a cat suit doing something dramatic, doing a dramatic monologue with the taser. That's what I want. And then you're forced to sit through the whole fucking thing. Um, and then uh, even during the scooter ride, they had a goat. There was a goat appearance. And I thought <laughs> they had the goat. They subtitled the goat again, which they did earlier in this season where they subtitled a goat. And then suddenly another goat appeared and the goat was just saying, yes, yes. It tickled me. It did tickle me. But I'm like, let's get to the let's get to the drama. They kept teasing the drama going forward four episodes and back eight hours and or four, four hours, eight hours back, an hour later, hour before. I'm like, let me just get to this dinner or the beach scene. Instead of watching a goat yell, yes. It did make me laugh, though. It did. After I was annoyed about it, I laughed. Uh, then we also got to get through the business of all the gals shopping. It was like they're bumping in their mopeds into the shopping mall. And I'm like, let's just get the shopping trip over with. And then during the shopping trip, there was some weird stuff with the perfumery. Do you notice this? They split up. And then this was interesting to me, too, especially on second watch. I was watching Heather's body language in the perfumery because, again, at that point, she had some knowledge of what Monica was doing. She might not have known exactly that Monica's reality Von Tees, 
Am I saying that right? Relevanti. Isn't, there wasn't the S in parentheses, so it's like T, but with an N, I don't know. Stupid. I love it. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I think there was like some weird stuff in the perfumery where uh, Heather couldn't pay and then needed Monica to pay, but then Heather sort of knew that Monica was being sketchy. So like, what was going on there? That was kind of confusing for me. But I was watching Heather Gay's body language, and it did seem like on second watch that Heather... She, her body language was interesting, and she was kind of looking funny at Monica, and you could see the wheels turning in her head, okay? But apparently, I don't believe, allegedly, I saw this online, that Heather didn't ultimately pay Monica back for the perfume. Also, in that perfumery, it was funny to me, because I know they're in Bermuda, and there's this whole thing about the Bermuda Triangle, and ships getting, I don't know, lost or whatever— and uh, at the perfumery, the gal who was running the perfumery was like, oh, this is one of our perfumes that like survived one of the boat disappearances. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I know we had a lot of Monica business to get to, but I wanted to know so much more about that perfume that was like lost off the missing boat. I had a lot of questions about that lady. Like, let's get her on the line because I need to know, like, how did they find the the perfume? And then was it like on a boat that just disappeared? And then... How did the perfume come up? Or did they get the perfume and then have to recreate it? And then, I mean, like, what are the logistics of the perfume? How did it just get lost at the Bermuda Triangle and then some woman at a perfumery found it? What's the truth? I need to know answers. I need to know answers about that perfume. And also, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I hope that Heather ultimately paid Monica back because otherwise I think Monica's going to hold that over her shoulder or hold that over, like dangle it like a carrot if she ever does come back. I don't think she's going to come back. There's no way that she'd come back. None of these other gals are going to film with her. And I quite frankly don't blame them. And I had heard rumblings. If you go back to the uh, early Salt Lake City recaps for Everything Iconic, I think that I might have said something. Because remember that scene with Heather where the production goes into the Bermuda hotel room and says, uh, films her while she's on the phone? That aired the very first episode of the season. And I had heard rumblings that it was about Monica. So I think I might have told people, I don't remember if it was on this podcast or at the live shows, but... I, we did talk about how it was had to do with Monica and then around BravoCon time. And uh, I was on Watch What Happens Live on Halloween. And I had heard another housewife kept calling Monica Monacon, okay, around the BravoCon. And I just thought that was really interesting because if you go back to that time, Monica was being presented on the show as like this really I a, a little bit of a victim narrative. She was a victim of her mom's craziness. And she was being presented to us almost as like an audience surrogate, right? Like she kept commenting on the other women and she was commenting about herself and how she didn't have the wealth of the other women. And so I felt like they were presenting her as the sympathetic character who we were really empathizing with. And now I'm going back and I'm thinking like, what did production know? Did they cast this woman? They must have had some background check, right? Like I don't believe that no one in production had any idea that this was uh, Monica had some hand and Reality Vontis. If anything, I think that Monica might have come clean to production during the casting process. I think she might have said to a producer, like, look, this is happening. She knew it was going to come out, I think, Monica. And so I wouldn't be surprised if she told production at some point, but when did production find out? And then if they knew before they cast her, which I think is a strong possibility, right? It has to be a strong possibility that they had some knowledge of this before even signing her contract on the dotted line. And then the logistics of that is really fucked up because I'm thinking like, how fucking nuts is that? That they would hire this person that's been talking shit about them on an Instagram account called Reality Vontis. That's fucked up. 
It's fucked up. But maybe production found out halfway through, or maybe they didn't find out until Heather revealed the smoking gun. I don't know. I don't know. But it's, it is, because also, why would, I don't know, why would they cast Monica without no, I feel like it's something weird there. There's a lot of weird shit happening here, and I love it. Oh, I love it. I want to just say thank you to the Bravo production. Bravo HQ, thank you for everything you've given us. I know I just insinuated the fact that you did some shady business dealings by hiring this woman, Monica, who had been talking shit about the other cast members on a burner Instagram account. However, I'm grateful that you hired her. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Somehow, heartbreak feels good in a place like this. It was such good TV, you guys. It was probably some of the best TV I've seen in years. Maybe one of the best. I would argue this was the best, one of the best episodes of Housewives of All Time across any franchise. I think time will tell. We'll see if we go back to this one. I know that I'll go back to it, but I don't know. In the pantheon of all-time great Housewives episodes, the dinner parties from hell, the the Cartagena boat ride from hell, like, you know, they're all titled something from hell. This one is going to be Bermuda Trip from Hell. And this is going to be something I go back to. I'm going to go back to this season quite a bit of The Real House of Salt Lake City because it was delivering week after week after week. Oh, see, I'm buzzing. I'm buzzing. Um, okay, so then we cut to the lunch uh, where all the gals after the shopping trip, um, Monica's card sort of, I don't know if it was declined or she just didn't turn on the international thing, but they were presenting to us like she was about to get declined. Then they all go to lunch. We're flying through these scenes. We're flying. Even the lunch scene, they sat down for lunch and filmed them. And I don't even think we saw not one second of it. We just saw all of them meeting back up after the shopping trip and they were hugging each other, which is so weird to me. And I just have to get this off my chest. There's something that happens on Housewives shows where they see each other later in the day and they do those big greetings. And I would just like us to stop the big greetings. I think that the rule should be if you see someone during the day, then you don't need to greet them again, right? So if I'm seeing someone in the morning time and then we're all splitting up to go on separate shopping trips, but I just saw them in the hotel lobby and we said good morning, we said hello, whatever. Then we split up on our shopping trips and then come back together for lunch. When we come back together for lunch, I don't think we need to do the big hellos with the hugs and the kisses. Does that make sense? It just seems a little weird. And I feel that way about in real life, too. If I saw you at any point throughout the day, I don't need to see a big hello or say a big hello or do a big hug hello because I already said hello in the morning time. I already said this in the morning time. And it's weird to me. Um, so then we see one hour later, Heather gets this phone call and production's outside of her room and Heather, they really Frankenstein this conversation together. If you go back and watch it, it was like, they kept changing the audio. And I do think there was like what they call ADR added in later some of the time where it was like a line from Heather that maybe she re-recorded or said a different time, but they had to Frankenstein it together. So we hear Heather say, are you kidding me? Shut the fuck up. I'm trembling. I cannot believe it's her. How could she do this to her, us? I'm freaking the fuck out. And then the producers barge in. And it was the first time I watched it, it felt a little fake to me. It did. Be honest. It felt a little fake to me. Producers barging in. Why were they set up out there? They filmed the lunch, but it didn't seem like they were filming the other women in the room. So did Heather tip them off and say, I'm going to have this conversation. So production stayed outside the room in case something like this happened. I don't know. I don't know the logistics of it, but something about it felt fake. But then upon second watch, I'll be honest with you, it actually felt not fake. The second time normally would feel I would be seeing more of the holes in the in the fakeness if it was fake. But the second time I watched it, I was like, oh, it's not feeling fake. I think I, my antennas were just up the first time I watched it. I was like, this is all going to be a lie. And ultimately, it uh, felt great. It felt real. 
uh, the second time. So then we cut to four hours later. Again, jumping around in time and space. We see Meredith getting her hair done. She says to the hair uh, hairdresser, I'm not even going to ask. Just roll with it. Meredith was serving. <laughs> I know we keep using the, the reference to Big Little Lies, but Meredith was really giving me some Nicole Kidman performance. Her and Lisa Barlow, both on the beach, which we're going to talk about. But just, uh, I mean, their performances, I mean... Nicole Kidman wishes. Nicole Kidman's doing that show on Hulu, by the way. And I even see this. It's coming back for season two. The first season, I'm sorry, it was with Melissa McCarthy. Don't hate me, but I thought that it was like a terrible show. I'm shocked that it's being brought back. And I'm a little disappointed it's being brought back because Nicole Kidman plays someone who runs this like wellness retreat. It's not Big Little Eyes. I'm talking about a different Hulu show that probably a lot of you are thinking, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. And that's because not a lot of people, I don't think, well, I, I don't think culturally it really made a dent uh, in our in our worlds, and yet it's coming back for a season two, which is uh, shocking. But the thing that pisses me off about it is that we're having uh, content like this over on Bravo, and I want to see Nicole Kidman take on a role like Meredith Marks, and I don't need to see her wasting her time over there on that shitty Hulu show, which I'm sorry to say if anybody worked on that show. I apologize. God bless you. But it was terrible. <laughs> I watched every I watched every episode of that season. And I hated it. Bobby Cannavale was on it, and I love him. All these people I love were in it, and I'm sure a lot of wonderful people worked on it. But it was not good. And the fact that they're bringing it back for a season two, and now Nicole Kidman's tied up with that when she could be doing a scripted version of this Salt Lake City finale. <sighs> Electric chair. Uh, you guys, let's take a break here. I have so much more to talk about. We got to talk about this beach scene and the outdoor dinner. It's, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, it's so good. Let's take a break. Uh, find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Thank you to ACAST, and we'll be right back. It's the new year and I'm all about my finances. And so I'm looking at all of the things that I'm spending money on and I'm finding, at least in my life, that I have a lot of subscriptions that I forgot about or I paid for twice and didn't realize it. I'm talking about the streaming services that you're not using anymore. Um, but that's why Rocket Money is so fantastic. Now, Rocket Money helps you uh, get that money back that's all just flying out of your account and you have no idea where it's going because of those subscription services. So it's fantastic. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. That's right. It's also fantastic. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. It's so super easy. Never had to get on the phone with customer service or anything like that. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash iconic. That's rocketmoney.com slash iconic. Rocketmoney.com slash iconic. Ah, I love that sound, don't you? And that's the sound you're going to hear when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Uh, we use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache, but Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to 
re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic shopify s-h-o-p-i-f-y dot com slash everything iconic this show is sponsored by better help and we all carry around different stressors both big and small sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because i cannot stop thinking about them when i'm trying to sleep or when i'm trying to go about my day i keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively now therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff and if you've never benefited from therapy i think it's time you explore i think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist it's so incredibly helpful get those coping skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everything iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash everything iconic. And we're back. There is something I'm thinking about, you guys, in regards to Mary, because I've seen in interviews, Mary and Monica seem to be good right now. And I said earlier in this podcast that I think Mary and Monica could film a scene together or something in the future, even though Monica's on the outs with all the other women. But now I'm thinking, well, it, why is Mary not on the outs with Monica? Because Mary seems to have a problem with almost everybody in this show, on this cast. She doesn't seemingly want to film it with any of them and, again, does not like any of them. So what is it about Monica that she's butting up to? What did Mary know? Did she know that? I don't know. I don't know. Um, okay, so the outdoor dinner that we have, the theme is Bermuda Triangle. And uh, you guys, Heather presents it like a horror movie. They're adding thunder effects, thunder, lightning. I saw so much thunder and lightning and heard so much uh, sound, wind sound effects, and I didn't see one drop of rain. Not one drop. I watched it twice. I watched it two times. Two times! Did not see one drop of rain. And yet, and yet... The amount of thunder sound effects, and uh, this is not a knock on that because I'm so uh, fascinated and thrilled by the fact that those Bravo, brilliant, beautiful Bravo editors added the wind, the thunder, the lightning. They were giving us drama, throwing those gals on the beach. Again, they just threw them on that fucking beach for that scene of the core four getting together to expose Monica. Threw them on the beach. They did not have to throw them on the beach. They could have done it in one of the hotel rooms that they already had lit from a scene prior or earlier in the day. Or they could have done it literally anywhere. Maybe at lunch, pulled the gals aside. Instead, they were like, get on that motherfucking beach. We're going to add. I Actually, this might be controversial. I'm going to add to the conspiracy theory. But I do believe that maybe a producer, I don't know this to be true, but I do think that it's possible that a producer was just off frame with a fan blowing in their faces. Because in that particular scene on the beach, if you notice Meredith Marks, it was like she was right in front of a wind fucking tunnel. I mean, I've never seen wind like that. I mean, the hair was in her face. I don't think that was just like a light breeze from the Bermuda Beach. 
I think that was a producer knowing how much uh, sound effects they were adding to this episode. I do think that a person was there with a fan right off frame, like a fucking Beyonce concert. They just had one person whose designated role was to just blow the fan in their faces. It was a portable battery operated fan because they were on that beach. Uh, And maybe that's why they put them on the beach. They were like, oh, no one will believe that we have a fan right off frame. They'll think it was just the wind and we'll add a bunch of thunder and lightning sound effects and and wind uh, sound effects. And maybe no one will know that we actually have a fan right off frame because the way that Meredith's, I'm sorry, I'm getting into conspiracy theorist territory, but the way that her hair was blowing and uh, Lisa's hair blowing in the wind and the drama that was coming off that scene on the beach with the wind, I just, I think that somebody had a fan. Somebody had a big ass fan, a PA, right off frame, just blowing at Meredith's face. And probably they had to cut this out, but I do believe that Meredith a couple times was like, okay, can you back up the fan a little? <laughs> Because that fucker was messing with her hair. And they had just gotten glammed. Heather made them do that scene right after glam. Maybe that's why they did it on the beach. They wanted Heather was like, I need us all to get glam first. Because they were just out hobnobbing all day around town in the mopeds. And where Meredith almost crashed and Monica almost, they all almost fucking crashed. We almost didn't even get that finale dinner table scene because they all almost crashed those fucking mopeds. And if you notice, they actually drove back on the van. And I believe production was like, we can't have them drive back on the mopeds. Because remember, they drove to the shopping on the mopeds, and then they got on the van. And I think production knew that they were going to have this big, explosive dinner. And they were like, we can't put them back on the mopeds because one of them is going to fall to their death or something. (laughs) And we can't fuck up this finale. You know, there was just a gay PA who was like, we cannot fuck this up. And they were like, get the mopeds away. Get the keys to the mopeds. When they were shopping, some PA just ran around and grabbed all them fucking keys and said, we're not putting them on the mopeds because Monica's going to fall off a cliff. Meredith's going to run into another car. And that can't be the way this ends because they knew that they had a, they had an explosive finale ahead. And so they said, uh-uh, we're taking the keys to the moped. Uh, and one of the PA is going to go buy some batteries for that fan for the beach. And we're going to have an epic finale. And that's what they did. They made history. They made history with that fan and not those mopeds. Um, okay, so then... Now, at this dinner, at this dinner, again, we're jumping around space and time, but at this dinner, Heather says uh, that they're going to play a game with specifically those little stuffed animals from that pioneer lunch. I know that's a crazy sentence. If you haven't been watching the season throughout Salt Lake City, you're thinking, Danny, what the fuck did you just say? And I'll repeat myself. So earlier in the season, they did have a pioneer lunch, and they did have some homemade dolls, uh, it seemed, that look like little satchels of potpourri, which I don't know if you've seen this um, on social media. There's this thing going around where it's like ins and outs for 2024. And here are my predictions. I didn't post this online. But I do think that potpourri is going to make a comeback. Number one, potpourri. Remember in the 90s, potpourri? Everybody fucking loved their potpourri. My mom had so many fucking satchels of potpourri around the house and bowls of potpourri. Every bathroom you went in the 90s just had a bowl of potpourri. And I don't even know what potpourri, I guess it was like supposed to be scented like a candle or something, but it was just like potpourri everywhere. Everywhere you looked, you'd see in a 90s household, potpourri. Potpourri, there's potpourri in the bathroom, there's potpourri in the living room, there's potpourri by the couch. Fucking potpourri everywhere. Just dried ass, is it dried flowers? I don't know. But I do believe that potpourri is going to make a comeback. I think malls are going to make a comeback. And those are my two big ones. Those are my two big predictions. Okay, so Heather brought these little satchel dolls to this cast trip in Bermuda. And she presents this uh, dinner party game that's going to be something about how each doll... I don't even know how to explain this. 
I don't even think I'm going to explain it right, but something about each doll and then everybody lifted their doll and said they got an unsolved mystery about the doll person. And so you took the doll in your bowl and you ask the mystery question. Am I high right now? Am I high? Just saying that sentence made me feel like I'm fucked up. And I'm not, but I feel like I might be because that sentence is fucking nuts. I mean, what the fuck was this game? Let's just all pause, pull up here for driving. Let's just discuss this for 45 minutes because what the fuck was this doll game on the show? Well, what the fuck? It didn't make any goddamn sense. It was like just a, everybody had a doll and then it was in a bowl and then you pull it, put it in your bowl and then you ask the unsolved mystery. Whatever happened to just uh, saying something at a dinner party, just blurt it the fuck out. I don't know that we need little potpourri satchel dolls from a pioneer lunch earlier in the season to expose Monica Garcia. I just think actually that the information that you had was enough. I don't know that we had to have these dolls, but I mean, go off. (laughs) But go off, producers, because I guess. Um, Anyway, uh, Whitney says to Lisa... The my, my mystery is you're very dramatic, and why is it okay if you're dramatic, but uh, other people aren't allowed? So Whitney's coming after Lisa, and now this friendship has been on the out. I, I've just been waiting for it to explode because now I think they're coming together in their common enemy, Monica Garcia. However, I think that Lisa and Whitney they will have a big falling out next season, and maybe it's going to be one of the two of them that calls up Monica Garcia for some tea for some reality venties next season to bring her back in the fold because there's no way Lisa and Whitney are going to make it through uh, another season as pretend friends. I just don't believe it. Um, anyway, that was how she played the game. And then when it gets to Meredith with her mystery doll question, you guys, I feel like <laughs> I literally feel like I'm so fucking high right now. Just saying the mystery doll, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Why didn't they just like go around the table and just say like, I fucking hate you. <laughs> Like, like, have you ever seen something so crazy? I know on Housewives, they play these silly games around the dinner table, like, who do you trust the least or whatever. But now to bring the dolls in a bowl into it, I'm like, what is this whole pomp and circumstance that we got to do just to expose the other women? Like, what is happening here with these fucking dolls? And the ugliest fucking dolls I've ever seen, they look like old-timey dolls that you would... <laughs> like, you know... You know, around the holidays when you hide presents, I mean, parents out there, I'm sure you hide your presents for the kids sometimes, or one from Santa or something, you put up in the attic and then you forget about it. And then you move out of the house and then decades later, somebody moves into the house and finds like a present in the attic. I feel like these dolls look like the kinds of dolls that you'd find in the attic from like the, the 1800s or something. And I know they were made that, that way for the pioneer lunch, right? It's supposed to be old timey. I don't know. You guys, it was fucking nuts though. These mystery dolls. And then, I don't even think the women understood how they were supposed to ask the questions and, and how did the bowl come into play? Heather kept saying, then you put the doll in your bowl. Is this the thing that like, I'm just haven't played? Is this a common game that other people have played? And I've just maybe never played it before. And so I'm confused. Like, what the fuck was this potpourri doll? I don't think they were filled with potpourri, but in my head, they were in my head. They were, uh, anyway, they, Meredith's mystery doll question is for Heather. And she says, I was wondering why I didn't get more support from you in the cave. <laughs> This is the craziest fucking show in the entire history of television. Meredith Marks just said, as she put the paper doll into the bowl, she said to her classmate, Heather, I was wondering why I didn't get more support from you in the cave. Okay, if you've never watched this show and you're just tuning into the finale, are you thinking like, what the fuck cave is she talking about? 
You know, because sometimes in these housewives, uh, an episode like this happens, and we tell our friends, right? You tell people who don't watch housewives or people who've maybe fallen off housewives, you say to them, you got to watch this episode. I've said that to so many people in my life. I'm texting people left, right, and center, people out of the blue. I'm going through my phone book, people I haven't talked to in decades, and I'm saying, you got to watch Housewives of Salt Lake City this week. Watch the finale. People I went to college with, old professors, I'm like saying... <laughs> Old coworkers from Chicago, people I worked with in a factory in Ohio. I'm like, you got to be watching this finale of The Real House of Salt Lake City. It's epic. But now I'm thinking, as I'm talking about this episode, how fucking crazy the people must feel when they're watching this scene play out. And Meredith Marks is slurring through a monologue uh, as she's holding a paper doll in front of a bowl and asking Heather Gay why she uh, didn't come to her defense in a cave dinner. Like You'd be like, what the fuck is she talking about? These words are crazy. It's like a fucking Mad Libs. And yet... And yet, I'm still good. As soon as I'm done recording here, I'm probably going to text more people. I'm going to text my dentist. I've got so many fucking messages from my dentist over the holiday season wishing me a happy holiday and asking me to come in for a cleaning. Uh, I'm going to text them back finally and say, do you watch this week's episode of Salt Lake City Housewives? Because it's fantastic. And that's the only way I'm coming back to that dentist is if you watch it. Maybe that should be our new, that should be the new bar. That should be the new bar. If you, I'm not going to get service from somebody unless I know that they've watched the finale of The Real House of Salt Lake City. You want to you wanna change my oil? Well, I need to know. Have you seen this epic episode of television? Because if not, you're not the person for me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Tough tough nuggets. Is that a phrase? Tough nuggets. Um, okay, so then Heather uh, presents this game. Meredith uh, says the doll thing. And then Heather says, uh, why do we all believe Monica in the Meredith thing? So now this is when Heather starts prying. She just starts, she really understands the game. She picks up. Uh, actually, when it's her turn, Heather, she picks up a Meredith doll. And so she is, I guess, in the rules of the game, she's supposed to be talking about Meredith, but then Heather changes the rules of the game, which is, again, very confusing. This is why they shouldn't have even played that fucking game. A producer should have just stepped in and said, Heather, expose Monica, and that's it. We didn't need... <laughs> they were really building it up with this. Actually, this would be my one note of the episode. It got a little clunky with these dolls. It got very clunky with these dolls because when I'm now that I'm talking about it, I'm saying this doesn't make any fucking sense. Why did Heather presented this game with the dolls in the bowl, and now Heather is picking up a Meredith doll, but she wants to expose Monica? So she's got to in the middle of her own game, which didn't make any fucking sense in the begin with. Now she's got to change the rules to expose Monica, and so maybe we just needed that was clunky. And otherwise, a perfect, flawless episode. Now, I'm bringing my rating down from 10 out of 10 to about a 9.9 out of 10. We're deducting a 0.1 point in the the Everything Iconic ranking. We're deducting 0.1 for this episode for the clunkiness of the dolls. Although some could argue on some level that it adds to the comedy of this. So maybe we're bumping it back up. But the truth is, it was clunky. And so Heather picks up the Meredith doll and she says, I don't have any questions for Meredith, but I do for Monica. Who is the real Monica? And then she just exposes her. She says, the real Monica doesn't want to be our friend, but wants to profit off our lives and our pain. I know who you really are. And who you really are is, and then they bleep it, you guys. And then they cut to commercial. And they flash back to two hours earlier, where Heather called all the core four to the beach. Again, no Angie is at the beach. Angie is not invited to the beach, but they all cry. Uh, (laughs) There was a moment where Lisa started crying before Heather even like had said, this thing about Monica being reality Vantees. Heather's like, I have some information for you. And then there were all the other, <laughs> the other women were trying to like summon their dramatic chops, you know? And so Lisa even, I think, started crying. Meredith started tearing up. Like they were all trying to call upon their acting skills. 
and Nicole Kidman wishes because they did it flawlessly with that wind machine on their fucking faces. They were still getting tears in their eyes and he's like, Oh my God, what's going on? What's going on? Uh, and they're crying before knowing. And then Heather says, reality Von Teese, uh, who opened their account three years ago, exposing Jen Shaw also trolled us all. And Lisa's like, you are kidding me. And then apparently Tanisha, who's Heather's hairstylist and formerly Monica's friend. And I have some questions where Tanisha fits into all of this. Is she still doing Heather Gay's hair? And if so, why? Uh, and is Heather mad at Tanisha? Heather says that Tanisha had a call of consciousness or a, what's the phrase? She wanted to come clean. And so she is the reason why uh, Monica was exposed to Heather. But then Monica is also saying Tanisha was there for all of it. We're seeing text messages with Tanisha. So Tanisha also had involvement in this. Uh, but Tanisha sent proof uh, about, and then somebody from, I think Heather reveals that somebody confirmed that this is true. And I was a little confused because they kept beeping everything. You know, they were beeping fucks and then they were also beeping names of people. And that's why we need unedited episode, you guys. Peacock, get on it. Peacock's going to be doing that for the reunions this season, I think. Uh, so we're going to get it, the uncensored stuff for the reunions, but I need it for this finale too, because I need to know who were they, who, what names were they bleeping out? Was that uh, media outlets they were bleeping out? Was that Bravo production people they were bleeping out? I need to know. Because uh, Heather says she got this all confirmed by somebody else, but we don't know who it was because they bleeped it. Then uh, on the beach, Meredith's shaking, delivering the performance of a lifetime. Whitney's doing that real dramatic thing where she's like grabbing everyone's arms and like looking them right in the eye and be like, we'll get through it. You know, <laughs> she's being real dramatic. Whitney's always being dramatic. She was made for this moment. She was ready and made for this moment. Normally, Whitney's hysterics when she's being dramatic on the show annoy me. Uh, because they feel so like out of place with what's going on in the scene. Do you know what I mean? Like she's giving these oversized dramatic reactions to something that's like nothing. Uh, but in this case, I felt like Whitney was like spot on and she kept grabbing everyone's arms, making like extra mad and bringing them in for hugs and just like, I, 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 I'm here for you. You know, she does the therapy speak a lot. She, but it was all working for me in this beach scene with the fucking fan and Meredith's face and all of it. It was just good. And then we go back to dinner. And I'm thinking to myself, what does Ange know? What does Ange know? How? What does Mary know? And what does Ange know? Mary, did you know? What does Ange know? But apparently Ange, I guess, doesn't know anything. Uh, but Heather then goes back to exposing Monica in real time. And she says, you're an internet troll and an online bully. And then uh, Monica says, that's not true entirely. It's part true. And I'm like, what the fuck? What's going on? Because I thought, okay, well, she's exposed. There can't be anything more to this. And then they just kept building on it and adding more information and ex uh, talking about the black eye situation. I mean, there was so much that was revealed in the next five minutes of television. It was overwhelming. Monica says it's part true. Uh, right when she says this, Whitney moves her chair to the other side of the table because, again, Whitney knows how to be dramatic. She's like, I'm going to the other side of the table. I can't sit next to her. She says it real dramatic. <laughs> I can't sit here. And what Whitney was referring to was like sitting on the same side of the table as as Monica. And that made me laugh. It was like, Whitney, <laughs> she wasn't even that close to Monica. And she's like, I can't sit here. Whitney, cool it. Like she had to move and she moved the whole chair. I was like, I bet you there would have been an empty chair on the other side of the table. I feel like there was an extra one, right? <laughs> I can't sit here. Like she's always doing that. And it's like, wait, just like. She just needs to notch it down, like, just a touch, Whitney. Just a performance. A performance needs to be 
down a touch, just a touch. And I'm not one, I'm not a new acting coach. What the fuck do I know? These are just my opinions and my a little advice. A little advice, just take it down a notch because it's coming on a little too strong. I can't sit here. Like, okay, cool it. <laughs> so then Heather exposes on camera. Uh, Monica says that, oh, oh, this was the other interesting thing after Whitney moved the chair. Then it was revealed that Monica was in the that security camera footage in Meredith Marks' store. Remember that this came up a season ago or last season or season before that, where there was someone who stole a clutch from inside Meredith's store. Now, they're not saying that Monica stole the clutch. However, we do see security camera footage of Monica in the store in the blonde hair with the face mask on, and I believe she was with Jen Shaw at the store. And then we see later footage of Monica saying that she was at the store for the very first time. So what is the truth? Meredith calls this out, and she says, you told me you were never at my store before. And now we see security camera footage of you being at the store. So what's the truth there? And also that's like really fucked up. It's, and then the other thing that's fucked up is there are these accusations of them doing drive-bys the house. So apparently, I, I might be getting some of these facts wrong. So this is all alleged. Everything I say on this podcast and the show for all of eternity is alleged. But there is some allegations that the Reality Von Teese account, people were like driving past the other women's houses. And like, I think that's weird. And that it's weird. And it's creepy. And I, I understand why these women wouldn't want to film because – even if Monica was in cahoots with a bunch of other people running this account, the fact that the account was like driving by their houses and stuff is like really creepy. And then also exposing things about them. And on every Housewives franchise, of course, the whole game of the franchise or something that happens time and time again on these shows is that these women are exposed or they're lying on camera and then they're exposed. That's something that comes up on these shows time and time again throughout history. Uh, but I think where it gets a little tricky is like, you would never go into a friendship relationship with someone knowing that they're going to uh, they're, they've been exposing you. You know what I mean? So it was happening before they even knew this woman, and then they celebrate her birthday. They invite her in uh, their friend group, and so I think that's where the deceit comes in. And it's just it's sketchy. It's all very sketchy. And then there were also like the videos that were taken of Jen Shah when she worked for her, and then posted on the account and. Uh, Monica says those were the only things she did. So she said she wasn't involved with the um, throwing under the bus of the other women in the cast. She said she was just doing it to expose Jen. But then also I think you could see like Monica trying to come up with, um, I I believe she had some knowledge of like what was going on with the account. And and I don't know, she had some knowledge. So although there might have been other people involved, I get it. I I don't think if I was one of the other women, I would want to film with this person either, even though I know that she delivered such a great uh, series uh, season of television for us. Let's take a quick break here and we'll be back with more. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories so much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made 
for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y, dot com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. And Monica also, when she's confronted with all this, she's just yelling these accusations at the other one. So she's yelling at Angie, go pay the IRS. And then she... Angie almost threw a centerpiece. Did you catch that? She picked up that flower centerpiece and was like about to throw it at Monica. <laughs> And then I think in her head, she was like, I'll probably get fired if I do that. Like, don't want to get physical. And so then she was just holding a centerpiece for a while. And just she didn't put it down on the table. She was like really thinking it through. And that's where I, Angie kind of gets caught up in herself because I think she overthinks everything. And I would be the same way. So I, it's relatable. Relatable queen Angie K. But I think she overthinks everything in the scene. And so that's what I think was happening there with Angie in that flower pot. She was just holding it thinking like, well, can I get fired or should I do this? Will it make good TV or bad TV? You know, like she wasn't sure. And I just get that vibe from her in a lot of the scenes that Angie does. But I, I get it. I get it. It's her first season. She's trying to figure it out. Um, anyway, then Monica's yelling at, she says Tanisha was behind the whole thing. She started it. Uh, and then Lisa calls Monica a fucking loser. And then Monica rips into Lisa. And I don't like that Monica keeps age shaming Lisa. Like, I, I, I don't know. It's just like, yeah, it's Lisa's older than her. Everybody's going to be older than somebody. And so it's just a weird, I think, I always thought like, that's a weird, or at least get clever. Don't just call someone old. At least get, I don't know, clever with your words or something. I don't know. But it is what it is. She just keeps doing it, too. She's like, you're old. You're old. And she called her, like, leathery or something. And it's like, well, we're all going to be old and leathery one day. <laughs> Maybe I'm just speaking to, you know, I'm I'm worried about my own self. I'm, like, thinking I'm going to be old and leathery one day, if not now. And so I don't know that I, I like these insults that are just, you're old. Because no one can help that. No one can help that. Um, okay, so then they all, all the women are coming together in this common enemy of Monica Garcia. And Heather gives a speech. Heather gives this Reith Witherspoon-esque speech where she says, we are the type of girls who are ride or die. I took so much shit from Jen Shaw. She gave me a black eye. 
So she finally reveals this thing about the black eye, which we knew was coming because I was on Watch What Happens Live on Halloween, and the clip started recirculating because on the after show, Andy and Lisa confirmed that we find out about that black eye. So we knew it was coming, but I do have a lot of questions about this black eye situation, and I know we talked about it ad nauseum last season. It was exhausting. I don't even think a lot of us cared exactly what happened with the black eye. I'm glad to get some closure on it, but now I feel like I have even more questions because I'm thinking, well, why did you protect her for all that time, particularly on the book tour situation? Because I had seen clips of Heather Gay on the book tour when she was doing these speeches with people or these Q&As with people, and people asked about the black eye situation, and she had said, allegedly, in some of these clips, I believe it was from the book tour, so I apologize if I'm getting some of this wrong, but she had said that she bumped into the thing, and there was like, uh, in, it, it, there was like this in-depth story about why she couldn't reveal that she was just clumsy and did it herself. And it just felt like a lot of lying. And I wonder why she didn't come clean about it on the book tour because I understand that coming up clean about it on the show when Jen Shah is being uh, up for trial because I think Heather Gay was probably thinking I don't want to be involved in a trial. I don't want to become uh, called into question. None of that. So I get why she would have not said anything because she's thinking, I don't want to have to go to court for this and deal with all this bullshit or be brought into this big worldwide case that Jen Shah's going through and she's going to be put in the clink. Um, but so I think she was thinking, I don't want to be involved in that. But then after Jen Shah goes away and everyone still has these questions and you're on the book tour and you're talking to people uh, on stage, I still think that she should have come clean then unless she was maybe saving it for the show and so she was doing it for our entertainment. Maybe that was what the impetus was. But I don't know. It just all seems crazy to me. It seems crazy to me. I feel like um, it was a good reveal, though. Maybe it was good that she saved it for us. But she, yeah, she says, I had, we all had to have Jen's back. And I don't really understand why they would have had her back. Like, I only get why they wouldn't have wanted to be involved in a court case situation. I don't get why they would have had her back so much otherwise, though. I don't know. But then Monica, eventually at the end of the episode, uh, Heather says, pack your bags and go as if she's Padma on Top Chef. She's like, pack your fucking knives, or pack your bags and leave Bermuda. And they cast uh, the cast fires her, which again, just happened on Married to Medicine. Prior to this uh, episode of Salt Lake City, they fired Quad on camera. The cast, uh, the core members of the Married to Medicine cast, the OGs, they got together and they sat down with Quad in a hotel room and said, oh, Quad, you're not in this group anymore. And so this ha- this just happened. And now it's happening on The Real House of Salt Lake City. And Monica says, I knew this info would come out. Even Gossip Girl couldn't stay Gossip Girl forever. And then this episode was so thrilling. We still have the end cards, which, you know, they do at the end of the seasons where they show each woman and then we get a little update of them. And their updates were such a, I mean, compared to this finale, which was just, again, 9.9 out of 10, maybe even a 10 out of 10. I mean, a flawless episode of television, minus the uh, clunkiness of those little dolls, the pioneer dolls. <laughs> uh, otherwise, perfect episode. And yet, we still had to deal with these end cards. And so anything that these end cards were going to say, I thought was going to be a letdown because we just had this uh, brilliant episode of TV that preceded them. And they certainly were, but it was making me laugh because Heather's, the, all the end cards were so just ridiculous and trivial. It was like, Heather's not having sex. Whitney, <laughs> Whitney's... <laughs> Whitney's big end of year wrap up title card was just that she gets driven around in a golf cart by her daughter, Bobby. (laughs) And Lisa's like, we're talking about really serious accusations. Somebody just had a internet troll account that they've been running for years, uh, exposing these other women and 
perhaps sending one of the, their castmates off to prison. Uh, and yet uh, the title cards for the season are just like, yeah, then Lisa hangs out with her youngest son and they have a silent lunch together. Like they just showed them just not even, just not even talking just at lunch together. And the title cards said like Lisa's coming close with her other son. Cause the, one of them went off to, I don't know. Where did he go? Wherever he went. <laughs> then we have Angie. Uh, her title card is just that she's fucking the husband. And you know, she probably asked producers, please put that I'm fucking my husband. Please put that on the title card. And they were just like this, there was this weird like shot where it just started at Angie's feet. And then it like went, strolled up, scrolled up on her and she was in like this sexy outfit. And then the title card was like, she's fucking Sean. And I was like, what? <laughs> it's so stupid. I love it. I love it. And then Meredith's was just that she installed a jacuzzi in her rental. Like that was her title card. Meredith. She installed a jacuzzi because she loves a tub. And so she, in her rental that she don't own, and they were sure to put rental on there. Those producers. Oh, I love them. I love them. I love them. I hope that whoever produced this episode, I hope they're taking themselves out this week and doing some self-care, maybe getting a massage, going out to a fancy dinner, buy yourself something nice because you all deserve it. Everyone that works on this fucking show, cast members, uh, all of them, all of them. I'm talking Monica, Mary, everybody, everybody involved in the season of television. They deserve it all. And I hope they're getting fucked this week too, by the way. I hope they're just getting laid good. I hope they're getting some good massages, some good food, because they deserve it. Everybody, everybody at Bravo HQ, quite frankly, not even just everybody on this show, everybody except all the other franchises. I'm not sure that they deserve it. Maybe some of them do, uh, but uh, everybody else at Bravo HQ, I just want to congratulate. Bravo, bravo. We love you. We love you. Okay, the end episode ends. And then uh, we see a producer sit down with Monica at the very, very end. And she has secrets to reveal. She says there's more to the story. And then we see the reunion trailer, which is going to be three parts. No one has seen Monica since. She brings a burn book. <sighs> she brings. She literally fashioned a burn book. She's looking for that Mean Girls movie sponsorship. I just know Monica's going to show up. Is that? I, I, I'm skeptical about that, too, because you see in the previews for the reunion next week, it seems like Monica's got the Mean Girls book. She made the exact Mean Girls book. It says Burn Book, and she brings it on the reunion stage. And I find that fishy because I knew the, know the new Mean Girls movie comes out January something, like 16th or 19th, right around the time that this reunion is going to be airing. And so was Bravo in cahoots with them? What's happening here? Was Monica in cahoots with the Mean Girls movie promo? Because why does she have that Burn Book the same week that it's going to be coming out in theaters? The new musical version of Mean Girls. Which I'm sorry, you guys, the trailer for that, it's just not doing it for me. But maybe it's going to be good. I don't know. It's just not doing it for me. But it's a musical. And I feel like all the commercials for it are like not a musical. And I'm like, well, people are going to go into this thing and they're not seeing a musical. And then they're all going to be singing and dancing in the aisles. So I don't know. I miss when musicals were just the movie Hairspray. I miss <laughs> just in general. And we love a musical. I'm so grateful that they're making a comeback. I heard Color Purple is great. I haven't seen it yet, but I need to go see it because I heard it was excellent. Uh, but I do wish that uh, they would just, I, I suppose, re-release Hairspray in theaters. And with that, let's uh, leave you all. Uh, speaking of Hairspray, it all comes back around, too, because you remember when I interviewed Nikki Blonsky? And when I interviewed her, Nikki Blonsky, from the movie Hairspray, that was the day that Jen Shah was, um, she pled guilty to her crimes and so I broke that news to Nikki Blonsky from the movie Hairspray. And so that was uh, an episode that aired on this podcast, if you want to go back and listen to it. Anyway, moving on. 
I love you all so much for listening. Thank you. Again, Happy New Year. I had a lovely holiday, a nice little break, but I'm excited to get back into work mode and and talk about our shows. And I do apologize that we're not coming Beverly Hills again this week. And again, you guys are going to be yelling at me in the DMs. Another week where you're not talking about Beverly Hills. And believe me, I want to. Love you all so much for listening. Thank you all so much for picking up my book, The Jollies Bunch, over the holiday season. I heard from so many of you, and the book was such a huge success. So I'm just, means the world to me. And I'm ready and excited to uh, get back to writing something new. And let's do our cheesy little cool down. I think we need it at the start of this new year, especially with everything that just happened on the Salt Lake City Housewives. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Ah, breathe out. Let's take one more deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Now, if you are someone who comes into contact with anyone at Bravo HQ this week, I want you to thank them. I want you to say thank you for all that you do for us. In particular, I want to thank all the Salt Lake City production team, uh, marketing team, um, everybody who delivers this content to us because uh, it really delivered in a way and brought me to life when I needed it most at the beginning of a year, when we all needed a little boost, it was that weird time, right? This week is a weird week. We're all kind of slowly getting back into work mode, and it's tough. It's tough to get back into work mode after having a long holiday break and eating cookies and celebrating the new year and drinking champagne and wine every day and all that. We're, it was, it's hard to get back into work mode. And so sometimes we need a little boost. And this week, that boost came in the form of an excellent episode of television from The Real House of Salt Lake City. And so they delivered for us. They got us back into the new year mode. And I think after seeing this all, we were all uh, had a little bit of an energy boost to go about our days and get back into work mode. So we thank them. We thank you, Bravo HQ. And um, if you come into contact with anyone who helped deliver this week's episode of television, you thank them. You buy them a drink. You buy them a lunch, a coffee. You get them a snack. Uh, you s- s- get on your knees. Whatever you got to do. I'm not here to tell you what to do, but you do whatever you need to do, and you thank them. I love you all. Bye-bye.